just want to thank everybody uh, for their time and uh, coverage um, uh, of the Jazz this year. Uh, obviously, it was an odd year, especially being at the center of COVID-19 and the NBA shutting down on March 12th. But uh, as we've stated before and we continue to state, we're uh, a big fan of free press, uh, people's ability to write, you guys being a median to our fans. Uh, you guys have been more than fair. So again, thank you for the time. Also, thank you for the the thank yous. You know, we were able to get a few of you guys home safely. Uh, that was an odd night uh, for in, you know, a scary night for all of us on March 12th. Uh, so uh, Mike Elliott, Quinn, um, you know, took great leadership during that period. And we were able to, uh, we were glad to participate in you guys uh, getting home safely uh, to Salt Lake City and to your families. Um, I'd be remiss to uh, not thank the, the players, coaches, and staff this year that were in the inner bubble. Uh, that was a huge sacrifice, basically two months without their family, uh, you know, and it was it was really touching uh, to see all the families re reunite on the tarmac when we got back to Salt Lake City. It gives you a, a good idea of, you know, the sacrifices that were made and, and what family means to all of us. Um, also, we'd like to congratulate officially uh, the Denver Nuggets. Um, they, uh, uh, Tim Conley's a, a gentleman and a friend, and he's done an exceptional job of putting that team together uh, through the draft and developing guys and then augmenting in free agency. I've always thought a lot of Tim and the job that he's done. And, and uh, Coach Brown, their players, they showed remarkable poise. Um, you know, with three elimination games on their head, they were able to uh, get through, you know, very tough circumstance to survive and move to the next round. So, again, we want to congratulate them for their series victory. Um, uh, as you guys know, sometimes uh, Justin and I don't get a chance to visit with you as often as the players and coaches, but we had Johnny Bryant leave to take the associate head job with the New York Knicks. Literally almost to the date, eight years ago, Johnny had his workout service here in Salt Lake City um, from youth players all the way up to uh, pro players. And three things happened. Uh, Ty Corbin uh, wanted a uh, development coach and had a little bit of experience with Johnny uh, working out the uh, Paul Millsap and his family. Jim Boylan, gave a very strong recommendation on Johnny's uh, playing ability, teaching ability, character, work ethic, intelligence, and he couldn't have been uh, more right. And then I got a chance to see Johnny work out Paul Millsap and his brothers, and he came over and we had a nice conversation. And to think, you know, from that point, uh, eight years now, he'd be <coughs> the associate head of the New York Knicks. We couldn't be more proud of him and what he's accomplished, what he's done for us, frankly. And uh, we wish him and his family nothing but the best. Of, you know, it's not the sole piece of Quinn and my job, but it is a big piece to, to make sure 
that the staff that we work with achieve their goals and dreams. And Johnny's been able to do that. So again, we're pleased for him. Um, you know, I wrote down a few thoughts, as you guys know, and I, I need to say I've never been more proud to uh, work inside the NBA and with the Jazz um, from March 12th uh, to, uh, you know, the night of COVID-19, you know, Mike Quinn's ability uh, to steer not only our team, but the Oklahoma City team to safe harbor uh, was quite an accomplishment. Uh, Adam Silver, David Weiss, um, you know, led a very tough and unprecedented decision that we played a small part in. And it was important for us, you know, to have uh, really a fiduciary responsibility uh, to our players and staff and fans and you guys to just do the right thing, uh, follow science. And, and I can tell you this, you know, when I was on the phone with David Weiss, I felt like the least qualified person in the world to say, hey, we're gonna pull our players off the floor and give you guys a little bit of time in coordination with Sam Preston and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so <clears throat> literally Rudy and Donovan's um, unfortunate infections probably saved further infections from that game. Uh, it becoming such a international event, uh, we, we do believe it saved infections and lives. And at the end of the day, that's a lot more important than basketball. Um, and then really Adam Silver uh, leading uh, from an evidence-based medicine standpoint, from a values-based standpoint, has shown, you know, what we're capable of, you know, what this league is capable of, and hopefully to be a good example for other businesses that <laughs> when you follow medicine, uh, when you're disciplined, um, the things that you can pull off, even in a, a tough environment like this. And then, you know, obviously all of this segue in, into uh, the, you know, cause for social justice. You know, as we've stated before, the Miller family management completely support Quinn and the players' efforts and couldn't be more proud to do so. I know many of you, you know, I don't read everything and I don't tweet and Facebook and Instagram and everything, but I know that many of you have been supportive in that cause as well. So we do appreciate that. And, you know, as for the season, uh, you know, it was challenging, frankly, on a number of points, but it really brought our team together. Uh, when Quinn and I were communicating early in the process of what his goal was when we came back to the bubble in Salt Lake City, and then obviously the bubble in Orlando was just to simply reconnect our group. And you guys saw even, you know, with defeat and disappointment, you know, our group uh, was together at the end. I think we showed some real growth and maturity. And, and obviously, I'm grateful for that. Nobody's satisfied. You know, we're all reeling from defeat and disappointment. And handling defeat and disappointment is part of this league and part of growth, hopefully, you know, that we can move forward uh, with our group. So, again, thanks for your time. And Justin and I are here. And, uh, uh, what willing and able to answer any and all questions.
Great. Thank you so much, Dennis. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started with questions. As I noted uh, previously, please make sure that you uh, let us know who the question is for prior to asking it. And uh, we'll go ahead and open up. First question will come from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hi, guys. Uh, so this is for either Dennis or Justin. I know that at the conclusion of each season, you go back and kind of review your process from what happened. Um, looking back to last summer, you know, the signing of Ed, the signing of Jeff, the signing of Emmanuel, it was thought that the depth would be a strength of this team. And then by season's end, kind of down to almost a seven-man rotation in the, in the postseason. What do you look back on? Do you see any mistakes that were made, anything obvious there? And, and how do you plan to kind of address the depth of the team going forward? Yeah. Yeah, appreciate the question. So we would never single out a player uh, or a subsection of players, Eric, uh, in a format like this. Uh, we win and lose together. That's been the jazz way. Uh, that way predates me. It's a mandate, frankly, of the Millers. With that said, uh, we have to evaluate the collective. We have to evaluate uh, the individuals and, and the fits. And so there's nuance uh, to each uh, of those players, just like there's nuance to all of our players. But uh, all those players that you mentioned and, and really on the whole roster are gentlemen and professionals and competitors. And we have great respect for what they did for us, what they could do uh, moving forward. And, with that said, you know, our evaluation, well, you know, of the roster uh, is, is ongoing. Justin, anything you can add to Okay, uh, we'll go ahead and open up for another question. Um, Eric Woodyard, uh, ESPN. So this is for you, Dennis. How you doing, man? Good, Eric. Good. Hope you're well. Yeah, I'm good, man. I hope you are too. Uh, this this was a more, you know, we watched Donovan Mitchell kind of break out in the postseason. You know, over the years, he's developed a ton of different relationships and been compared to different guys, you know, Dwayne Wade being one of them. Uh, just for you guys, I know internally you guys want to, you know, mold him and develop him, but how much has those relationships helped him? How, how did you see him, like, take that next step with those relationships? So how did you feel about just seeing him emerge in this postseason? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate the question. Uh, yeah, so um, some historical uh, performances, um, you know, in an individual, in individual games, and then, you know, the overall series, um, you know, there was, uh, there was going to be increased usage, Eric, uh, with Boyan being hurt, and then Mike missing the first two games. That's just the way things happen and no excuses. Uh, those aren't uh, excuses on why we lost the series. We had more than enough to compete with. Um, but uh, obviously Donovan um, uh, needing to take the ball more. The, the playoffs by its very nature, um, everyone is reductive. So uh, your coaches are going to uh, reduce their alignments. Um, you're going to be putting your primary players in situations that fit them the best and do so more often. 
And so what you saw is, is I, I felt personally uh, going into the series that, that Donovan was going to have to ramp his usage up to James Harden levels. Uh, the, the team really didn't dictate that. Um, during the course of the year, uh, Donovan had a lot of help with Boyan. Uh, as Mike got healthy, he got even more help moving forward. But, um, you know, there's been some times, you know, the first time we ramped up his usage was after Utah Jazz Summer League and Quinn and I were visiting uh, when we were moving to Las Vegas Summer League. And we just said, hey, let's just let him go and put him in space and see what happens. And I think that was a 38. 40 point game, which, you know, was interesting, obviously, because, you know, he didn't hit those marks in college. And as for his improvement, we had several guys when I, when I said that we uh, left after COVID-19 hiatus and came back to our bubble here, our guys, uh, Donovan, uh, as one of them, came back better, fitter. Uh, I think the game, uh, from a read standpoint, had slowed down for him a little bit. I think he became very cognizant of, of getting Rudy the ball uh, also in the right spots and when Donovan hit the paint and lobs. And, and so really uh, usage, efficiency, comeuppance, you know, meeting the moment, if you will, uh, that first game, 57 points, uh, even in a loss uh, was, was something to see. You know, I'd, I'd watched uh, recently on NBA TV, uh, Jordan's 61-point game with some of my family. And again, even in a loss, you can respect that kind of performance. I'll let Justin add this piece of that. Hey, Eric. Um, a lot of – echo a lot of what Dennis said as far as Donovan being up close with him in the bubble for those almost 60 days, just the way he approached everything. Um, and that started again as when the league shut down, I think he spent a lot of time evaluating, you know, where he wanted to go and what he could do to help this team. And by extension, obviously his contribution with how our team was made up with injury and, and uh, being down a few guys, uh, he, he rose to the occasion. And I think that's something that he expects of himself, uh, even at a, a greater level going forward. And I know he'll, He'll have an off season to continue to get better, and we'll encourage that. But I was really impressed to just see how he handled everything too. Um, much the way that you guys feel about him when you interact with him, he's like that every day. That's not a facade. That's not just for you. That's that's him. And I was happy and proud to to see him do those things. And and he's such a competitor, as you saw. I mean, taking the losses for the team hard and wanting to improve as a, as a teammate and a, and a leader. And I think he made huge strides during the bubble. All right, uh, we'll move on now to Sarah Todd Deseret News. Hey guys, um, I'd love for both of you guys to answer this question. If you could, you know, you don't know when the draft is, when free agency is gonna open, what the cap's gonna be, when next season's gonna start. So how are, how are you supposed to move forward with any of that stuff? And maybe what kind of are the difficulties that you're facing because of all that uncertainty in team evaluation and looking for how you're going to build up? And um, yeah. Uh, Sarah, I think you 
described it perfectly of how we're feeling. Um, a, a, a lot of that, Dennis and I were actually speaking about this just prior uh, to being on today of knowing those dates kind of determines how and you know when you work uh, on different things. So uh, the NBA I know is working hard with the Players Association to get that stuff figured out. Hopefully we'll have more guidance sooner rather than later. And then once those dates are in place, uh, you know, we'll get to work on specific things, but there's lots of different paths. There's a lot of stuff that we can continue to prepare for here in terms of internal evaluation, um, you know, trying to be prepared for any sort of dates that come through and do that. But sure, when it gets down to deadline, this is a deadline leading in a lot of ways, knowing those deadlines would be very helpful for sure. So I'll, I'll let them share. Sarah, in this moment, it would be like you jumping on the plane and not, uh, the pilots not knowing uh, how to how to fly a plane without instrumentation. So that's that's how we feel, um, and that's no one's fault. There's a lot of things. Uh, whereas the COVID nineteen CDC uh, local um, state government guidance uh, that's going to vary market to market moving forward. Obviously, um, the league has to complete. Um, the, the playoff in the bubble, uh, typically there's a little bit of a window for the accountants to true up those numbers. And then those numbers provide uh, the foundation for the, the, uh, the following year's uh, salary cap. Given this circumstance, there's, there's probably gonna have to be some negotiation between the league and the players association. And because of that, you know, we, We've felt very well advised and informed, but as we sit here today, you, you know, you don't know uh, when things are going to take place or exactly what the cap or even the rules uh, could be. So uh, we're just getting back to core evaluations uh, of our of our team, uh, value adds, fits, uh, needs, and then and then just trying to be. Uh, as open as flexible as possible uh, towards the work. Frankly, the draft, uh, there's a good chance it's going to be a virtual draft, which would be like March 12th, uh, unprecedented. And, but yet we still have to make critical decisions for uh, our group to, to move our group forward. And these are circumstances that we're presented with. And the Millers are it's, uh, expect us to, to do our work and do it well and, and make the decisions. And, we're confident that we can adapt to the circumstances. We just need to know when those circumstances are gonna happen and the rules that are wrapped around. But good question. And the long and short of it is, is you know, at this point in time, we have no idea. All right, thank you. Next question will be from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Yeah, this uh, question is for, for Dennis and Justin. Um, I guess this is, a, a simple question and a loaded one at the same time, but how do you guys go from being a really good, being a good team to, to being a great team? How do you make that uh, leap uh, into being uh, a bona fide contender? I'm very disappointed, Tony, that you would ask a loaded question, by the way. Bill Corner. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, this league is, is not uh, an easy league. Uh, it's, uh, the world's best coaches and 
and players and everybody is uh, reaching for the same prize to, to be the last team standing. And it's interesting, our team this year wasn't as good uh, from a point differential standpoint um, as, for example, the previous two teams. Uh, with that said, I think the additions that we had, the experience, the shooting, we were better at closing games. And uh, offense sometimes reflects a little bit more and, and can be a little bit more stable uh, in the playoffs. We were hoping that that could be true. And, you know, you, you go and you finish a series and Denver won those series. And, and, and again, they showed remarkable poise. I, I do think the one thing that we were, we were missing is Boyan's ability to score uh, from over the top of the defense in a simple and a very efficient way. And, and you guys can point out the games clearly um, here versus Milwaukee early, Houston, um, uh, obviously at their place, but many other big shots late. So I think we would have had a, another person to help us close those close games. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, frankly, we've got to look at every opportunity, Tony, uh, to move the group forward. Uh, we were, if not the best shooting team in the league uh, this year, uh, we were one of the two or three best. And obviously that was a stated goal. You guys remember snipers at any position. Uh, we did, we lost some uh, defensive integrity, uh, some activity, some deflections, blocked steals, if you will, uh, with, uh, last year's roster and compared to this year. So uh, it's an adjustment and we'll see. Uh, but anybody who can obviously uh, have defensive integrity uh, at their position can be an active athletic defender, um, you know, will be someone that would be of interest to us, especially if they don't compromise the space. And we have a few young guys uh, that meet some of those requirements. We'll see how they come back. Um, once they uh, get away and, again, hopefully improve and reflect. Um, had a very successful G League season. And so we think a lot, of, a lot of those guys can provide some internal solutions. And as always, you know, there will be external options as well uh, for improvement. And we'll exhaust, you know, all of those possibilities. Here's Justin. What's up, Tom? How are you, sir? Good. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. Um, I don't have much to add. I think Dennis encapsulated perfectly. I think the only thing that I would emphasize is that going from good to great is really hard. And there's a lot of, as Dennis said, a lot of other teams that are trying to do the same thing. Um, we we just can commit to our fans and, and to our, our groups that support us that we will stop at nothing to try and reach that goal and do that in the best interest of the Jazz, the fans, the organization, and the Millers. They've given us great resources uh, at all times to be able to, to do that. And, you know, there's some unique times this year as you can go back and again, not as an excuse, but such a unique and unprecedented year um, that you have to have some good fortune on your side as well, uh, whether it be injuries or, or schedule or, or how things work. And uh, we learned a lot about the team, and I think that'll help us and inform us going forward of what we need to do to look everywhere to, to keep trying to improve.
Okay, uh, we'll go to the next question, which will be from Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Hey guys, uh, this is for Dennis, but Justin, you're, you're free to answer as well. With the strange environment on the campus or in the bubble, however you want to say it, how reliable is the data you gathered from that? Does that feel like something you can use uh, towards this offseason, or could the eventual champion being an outlier kind of throw some of those data points out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, you know, Milwaukee just lost, uh, and they had a historically good point differential on team going into the bubble. Uh, and, you know, we we felt like we improved. I, I really liked uh, how Quinn adapted uh, uh, to the circumstances. One, the, the bubble itself and, and how we trained, but but two, without Boyan, um, we needed to get uh, replace his, his three-point shooting, and we did that by playing earlier uh, in the offense. And we got Mike uh, in some optimal positions. I think there was a learning curve, Mike learning us and having a high usage backcourt mate. Uh, uh, and Donovan Mitchell that he never had before, and a roller versus a popper, uh, and Rudy Gobert versus Gasol, and then obviously got healthy. So uh, I really liked how we adapt and evolved. Uh, and every iteration um, then can be different. And it felt, it didn't feel like a FIBA competition where, you know, the app saying is, is uh, same sport, different game. But there were some elements to that, that uh, teams were at one central hotel or campus, if you will. Uh, there wasn't uh, great travel. Um, you know, some teams were impacted uh, going into the bubble by COVID-19. Some weren't. Some took injuries. Some did not. Uh, some improved. Uh, some, you know, stayed the same. So I, I'm interested to see, you know, with that said, you know, uh, every team that is still standing uh, is, is quite significant uh, in their own way. So, but it, it does beg the question um, uh, how sustainable uh, are uh, everybody's results, whether outliers to the bad, to the good. Uh, I know there's a little bit of conjecture with tight shooting backgrounds, no back-to-backs. But uh, the thing that I would say as well is, is that, you know, really the game has continued to evolve. Um, I think Kirk uh, Goldsberry wrote a, a good article this uh, morning on ESPN about three-point shooting and, and uh, the volume being up and how much the coaches have really adapted in the last three years. So I think there's a piece of that. And, you know, that's our job is to, study that, understand it, see what's sustainable, see what uh, seems to be an outlier, and then, you know, make a few decisions around uh, where the game is moving towards, you know, and, and how we fit inside of that offensively and defensively. Justin was in the inner bubble then, so he may be able to give you some more nuance. I was in the fourth tier of the bubble, just outside of it. So. I don't have much to add, Ben. One, I thought it was a great question. Um, but the NBA isn't a static league. Everything's constantly evolving. And whether we see another bubble going down the road or we don't, uh, it's something that we've now been able to see and take parts of. Uh, as far as how it affects team building or things, I do think that seeing guys experience that 
and how our team, you know, we can only worry about what we can control as a team and seeing our guys interact and, and be together was something I definitely is a take forward as far as how guys play or team building strategies going forward. As Dennis said, we'll evaluate and see which parts we can take forward. But just the experience as a whole was so unique. You see something that you haven't seen before and maybe we'll see it again and we'll be better prepared for it. And maybe we won't and try to you know discern both of those types of things going forward. One, one thing to add um, to close on, on this question uh, is that uh, the league um, teams and specifically the health performance group has got a lot of feedback from the players that um, the reduced travel, uh, they physically feel better. So, you know, would we ever get to um, a, a situation uh, like baseball where you play a, a team um, more than one time in the market? Obviously, there's some business concerns there, but that reduced travel, I, I definitely think the product is more compelling because of that. The players feel better. And, and frankly, we need to listen to the players at every turn. Okay, next question will come from David James, KUTV. So I'm curious, you had uh, seven, you had uh, three of your top seven players. I got an echo down here. Three of your top seven players joined the team uh, for this season. They didn't get to play a whole season together. Do you have enough data of them together to know what you need to add going forward? Or do you need to keep the team together and that's the best way to improve? Um, I'm not sure it's an either-or question, David. I think it, it could be uh, a little bit of both ends of the spectrum. Uh, certainly, I thought uh, once Mike got healthy and integrated, he adjusted well towards the end of the season. We were moving in the right direction um, pre-COVID hiatus. And then, obviously, he came back um, very strong uh, and adapted to Quinn's adaptation if you will, uh, really well. And then Boyan, not having that last piece of information, I think uh, you're alluding to that a little bit. And again, I, I think Boyan helped us uh, all throughout the season, um, but in particular closing games, Donovan having someone else uh, that can just simply rise up in a phone booth and, and, and make a shot. Uh, so, you know, moving forward, I, I think we have enough information that we know the guys on a personal level. Uh, Quinn's got a, a real good feel uh, for the team and the personalities. Again, his number one goal was just to reconnect the group. And I thought that he really did that. We could see that manifest itself with Mike's play, uh, uh, Donovan's usage and efficiency, but also the, the reading of the game, it slowed down for him. He, Donovan talked about that a little bit. I think that's something that we could use forward. And even Rudy, uh, you know, we were watching the inter-squad scrimmages, the scrimmages, the seeding games, and the games. And we always scout, and you guys report, it's only human nature on, on what you see. Uh, but what we saw with Rudy was what wasn't happening. He wasn't walking up on the officials uh, in contest of a call uh, nearly as much. Uh, you know, he wasn't constantly asking for the lob or 
are giving, you know, advice coming back to the huddle of his teammates. Uh, there was real collaboration. And I felt like, um, you know, even going into Tim McMahon's article, but, you know, a, a, just a greater level of maturity. And I know Rudy felt great about, you know, how he handled everything. And, uh, and certainly, you know, Quinn and I did as well. So, but uh, the long and short of it is, DJ, I, I do think we have enough information on the team and, and have um, some feelings on, you know, some things that could help us improve. Continuity is a piece of that. and Internal improvement is a big piece of that. But, but there are some other things that via, you know, the draft um, that uh, could be intriguing, you know, short-term, long-term uh, moving forward. All right, uh, we can go ahead and go to a follow-up question now from Sarah Todd. Hey guys, I'm wondering, um, I know, you know, the Millers have opened up the arena and some of their other properties as um, voting sites. And, and I'm wondering, you know, we saw how passionate uh, Donovan and many of the players were about you know, their call for racial justice and their advocacy in those areas. And so I'm wondering where else, where does that leave the jazz in that arena? Like what can the team do and are there other plans moving forward? Yes, there, there is a Syria and some of it, frankly, uh, we've met uh, individually, we've met collectively uh, with ownership uh, to players uh, directly that that even that communication um, has been enhanced I think for all teams but I can certainly say for us uh, explicitly so um, you know we had Mayor Mendenhall and uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox on uh, uh, before we left the bubble and it was amazing to hear the measures that our state and local governments have already undertaken um, and to, to listen and ownership was on that call coaches were on the call management uh, players were all on the call and so some of it is is uh, uh, the players understanding what the Millers have already done I think there's you know they've uh, they funded uh, over 450 uh, minority uh, based scholarships uh, going through the year, if, if I had that statistic right, um, they've, uh, you know, you, you know the work, Sarah, with the homeless shelters. So sharing some of the things that have already been done uh, has been really cool. Um, Mayor Mendenhall, uh, I thought, brought up a very poignant point inside of our meeting. Uh, you guys, most of you probably understand the term redlining, where it's drawing old district lines and she had a, a red line uh, district uh, of an old Salt Lake City map in her office and talked about, you know, uh, uh, food and health care and life expectancy that are still along those redlining districts and how um, those things, even uh, given it, those, those districts were outlined in the 1930s still exist in some form today. And that she has this map in her office and that, you know, it's a, it's a big cause I, I thought was, uh, for her personally, I, I thought was a, a really 
a detailed, poignant point that we could all grab on onto and, and understand the, the implications uh, of dealing with you know social justice in 2020. So a lot of that, uh, obviously, the voting initiatives moving forward. Uh, the governors have all agreed to uh, uh, participate in an economic empowerment fund that will be funded $300 million, and those are specifically for jobs and opportunities uh, to start pipelining um, uh, minorities into positions that they could advance from uh, in the league. So again, when I said I've never been more uh, proud of being part of the NBA, this is a big piece of it, Sarah. Um, you know, we, again, we're all feeling the disappointment of defeat and, and, uh, and not advancing, but we can still take some measure and some pride in, you know, the COVID-19 actions that saved infections, saved lives, the social justice support uh, of our players. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really an important piece uh, moving forward. Sarah, I'll add one thing that I, I think has been really neat. Um, there's always been good dialogue and open access to ownership uh, and great support both ways from the Millers supporting our players and our players having access to the Millers and management and initiatives. And all of these events, I think that's strengthened that communication and that both uh, Anytime the players want or have something that they want to highlight or do, the Millers have been absolutely behind it and how they can help or partner with. And I think that dialogue will continue to be ongoing in some really important subjects. So I think that part is going to be really neat going forward, whether it's specific things that what the players, the players know that they have allies and full support of things that are important to them and, and the Millers and, and us obviously have been very open in supporting whatever they need. That relationship, I think, has been really neat over this period of time. All right, we have time for one last question. Uh, it will come from Tim Bontemps, ESPN. Hello, guys. Hope you're both doing well. Yeah. Uh, we just want to say thank you for shave, uh, sharing that David Moreway high school picture. There you go. We'll, we'll make sure to uh, give that out to all the media via t-shirts here real soon. So I'm, I'm sure everyone will enjoy that. Um, both your star players, and I'm glad it gives you a laugh still. It's good. It'll probably give you a laugh for a long time. Uh, both your star players are up for extension uh, over the next few months here. I was curious uh, kind of what your guys' approach to both of them will be and if the uh, ongoing pandemic uh, and the kind of the havoc that's wreaked on the finances of the league will have any impact on uh, – those negotiations with both those guys. Yeah, so it's hard, Tim, to speak to the roles. Again, we, we don't have guidance. Uh, I'm limited on what I can say in regards to extensions and renegotiations per NBA rules. But with that said, uh, we're extremely pleased at who uh, both of those players uh, are as people. You know, it's really, really hard to get core franchise level uh, talent uh, in any market, uh, big or small, but it's exponentially hard to get that level of talent that has a high level of character and competitiveness. And so, as I've mentioned before, you know, we're looking to add 
uh, players uh, of Rudy and Donovan's physical talent and competitive makeup. Uh, uh, so, you know, by definition, we're going to want to keep uh, those type of players moving forward.